1: ¿Estás escuchando Échale Podcast? A podcast where we embrace our Latinidad. The good, the bad, the ugly. You love English? ¿Te encanta el español? Well, we got a whole lot of Spanglish. A storytelling podcast. And like my mom used to say, Échale, hijo, que tú puedes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Echale Podcast. My name is Jose Quintero, and if you're listening to this just by the title of it, uh, you'll know that today we're going to be discussing taxes, tax strategies, and I'm so excited for this episode just because I'm having a really close friend, a fraternity brother in the fraternity. We call each other like padrinos, Uh, so he's my padrino in the fraternity, and he's also a CPA. Has his own business with uh, Caesar, who we formerly had a podcast called Salud Podcast, uh, and it's GNG Associates. So I'm excited to welcome to this podcast Rafa Garcia. What's up, brother?
0: Hey, how's it going, everybody?
1: What's up, Jose? <laughs> What's up? Are you excited? This is your first podcast, huh? Yeah, first podcast
0: ever. Kind of nervous, but
1: hey. Hey, you're nervous. I'm excited. Tú tranquilo y yo nervioso, güey. Tú tranquilo y yo nervioso, que Yo aquí voy a hacer las preguntas, y las preguntas are about money and taxes, and you're you're good at that. First of all, I want to go ahead and congratulate you on completing your CPA, porque eso no mucho lo hacen.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's actually been a year since I passed everything. Oh, well, last December, I remember, December 16th. No that,
1: oh, wow, a year. I, I know. It's yeah, like no, you were said, born again, huh?
0: Oh, yeah. I still remember I was in Costa Rica and I just put up the score. I was like, it was like 2 a.m. at that time over there. I was like, let me check. I think
1: I ended up being like a 96. I was like, yep, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oye, well, let's go ahead and start talking about taxes. Porque yo sé que mucha gente is probably like, oye, ya, churro con, ¿cómo lo conociste? I already told everybody, like, how we met uh, in the fraternity. Cal State San Bernardino, Sigma Lambda Beta. Uh, what up, Pero? You obviously are, uh, uh, you started doing taxes as soon as you graduated, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I started, I think I started in 2015 or 16 because mm-hmm. I started doing Viad. I remember we had to do yeah. tax returns for free by paper, too, back in the, like, oh, I wasn't even that old, seven seven <laughs> years ago, but they wanted us to do them on paper instead just to get to know all the process and stuff, which actually did help me a lot because, I mean, at that time, I hated tax. I hated it with a passion. Like, I wanted to do accounting except tax.
1: Exactly. But, uh,
0: I mean, yeah, eventually, I mean, I remember I took some tax course. It was my first D ever in college. I hated it.
1: Damn. On taxes?
0: And after that, yeah, it was a tax class. And I, it was my first D ever in college. And I was like, wow, man, I mean, it sucks. I got so mad that after that, I just started studying it so hard. Like, I remember it was a winter quarter. I took it. I failed it. And then after that, it's like you get one week of spring break. I remember instead of celebrating my spring break, taking a rest, I, I just started studying the book. So, like, basically, all, all that whole week. Then, when I came back, I felt like I, I got so good at it. I'm like, hmm, maybe I can do something with this.
1: And yeah. <laughs> so, there,
0: after that, I just started kind of building my craft. And yeah. from there, just all taxes.
1: Yeah, you know what? I admire you so much just because I was a business major too in, in uh, college, yet taxing and finance and accounting uh, was not something I was very strong at. Even though like, I've taken calculus and I passed those classes, taxes is a whole different... Um, A giant, because you have to understand the tax law to a certain extent in order to find these loopholes. So talking about these loopholes, I want to understand how come we're having so many rich people like continue to be rich. And we have like Trump. We have Jeff Bezos. We have Elon Musk who aren't really paying taxes. And we're like, what the fuck? They ain't paying taxes. What are they doing that we're not?
0: Like, like I can always tell people, but it's hard to people if people don't really understand it. But yeah, for me, the the most literally the the biggest tax loophole every uh, that a lot of people don't do, and it's one simple thing: it's tax planning. Wow, you know, you know that's the biggest difference of why the rich don't pay taxes, and why basically not not the middle class or anything, but it's basically all tax planning. You know, like these rich people, these large corporations, I mean, you think about it, they're, they're tax planning like five years from now, you know? Mm. Like, major rich people, you talk to them, they probably only, they know what they're going to pay on taxes for the next five years, you yeah. know? As yeah. opposed to us middle class, you know, like, when you're in a middle class, or oh, you like, or, you, um, you know, you just go and get your tax return and that's it, you know? Mm. You go to your account and your tax preparer at the end of the year, here's my stuff, and that's it, you know? As opposed yeah. to like, start tax planning since the beginning, since like, you know, since January, the first quarter of the year. Then after that, the second quarter, you know, that's the biggest thing. I think that's the biggest reason why all these rich people pay, don't pay taxes, you know, it's because they tax plan, you know? Yeah. And so that's what they pra- practically what you do, you know, just tax plans at the beginning. And they basically, I mean, let's face it. Taxes is like one of the biggest expenses, right? Mm. Like we don't probably realize it, but like every time you make a dollar,
1: Uncle let's, Sam let's wants keep some.
0: Simple. <laughs> Uncle Sam wants twenty percent of whatever tax bracket you are, whatever you make. You make a thousand dollars, Uncle Sam's already like they're your silent partner. No, all the PJ time, Uncle Sam. Yeah. Know, yeah. So it's like if if it's one of your biggest expenses, yeah, I think you know, in order to like try to save taxes or not avoid them, of course, but like mm-hmm. legally st- strategic plan is like every time you make some kind of financial decision, you know, always look at the tax consequence, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's the biggest difference. Like every time like a rich person or like, you know, those corporations before like they make a major purchase, they kind of see like, how is this going to benefit me tax wise mm-hmm. too? You know, they, they have it behind their mind, you know? As opposed to, like, you know, when we're not educated in that sense, you know, we just basically make money, make money, make money. Mm The year comes, your accounts are like, oh, sorry, you owe this much money. You're like, oh, man, you know, because you were never prepared for it.
1: Of course. Uh, I've always... I've been hearing a lot of podcasts and I think this is the year that I'm being more financially aware of what's going on, you know, actually listening to money podcasts that you recommended, reading books about tax strategy, even though like I sometimes I feel like I'm hitting a wall because I don't understand it. But I feel like if I continue to immerse myself in conversations about money, I'll eventually get it. And if I need help um, understanding it, obviously I have you, I have different people within my network that can can explain it but I want to go ahead and break it down for the average person just because uh when we're talking about the average person who has a nine-to-five job they're on something that is called a w-2 which is what they get at the end of their year to fi- right is it a w-2 right yeah which, is, yeah, W2. yeah, which is what at the end of the year, they get like their W2 form, which um, at the time of the release right now, everybody at the time of the release, it is like mid-February. Uh, we're recording this February 2nd and uh, by January 31st, if I'm not mistaken, companies should have sent out uh, the W2 forms, right?
0: Again, legally, they have to send it by the 31st. You got that right. Dude, I am like,
1: I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm like on my tax level right now. So, by the 31st, they sent it out. By the time this is out, hopefully, you've received your W 2 forms uh, already. And that's all you go and you talk to your accountant. Now, when I sit down with you, when I was, and I'm going to use me as an example in a lot of this, and you just kind of walk us through. When I go to you and you tell me, well, I'm only showing you one. Like one piece of paper, right? That's all my W-2. And the tax code or tax law or this government doesn't favor people with just a regular 9 to 5 job versus a business owner, a corporation. Why is that?
0: Okay. Yeah. So de- yeah, definitely. It, that's it. It always, the, like the tax law always favors the businesses and investors, right? Let's face it. that's true. That's why like you always people get all done in terms pay taxes, this and this like, yeah, they always favor the businesses and um also the, the investors because let's face it. Okay. L- let's be honest with it. Like when you're a W2, you go, you work, that's it. Right. I mean, you work, you, you, you know, you do good job at your job. But let's just say you get fired, right? Oh man, you get fired. Apply for unemployment, and then you can go find another job, right? You don't really lose much, you know. I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough on you for the you know, few months. As opposed to as a business owner, you know
1: mm.
0: what happens if the the business goes shuts down? What happens if the business something happens? It you know, affects financially, way more you know, people. You, you it affects it affects you yeah, affects employees. Mm. It affects you financially because now you have you're at a loss, you know, like. Yeah, you could probably get unemployment, but it's not gonna—you're not gonna um, take care of all your losses you had. You know, all the equipment that you lost, depending on what kind of business you are. You know, the same goes with an investor. You know, you go and invest money in a company right now. You—you you, let's just say you go to Apple and you invest all your life savings. I mean, which I don't advise, just one stock. But let's say you go ahead and do that. I mean, <laughs> iPhones can start blowing up tomorrow, and there goes your investment. You know, you lose all your money. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's why the IRS, like, you know, the tax code tries to like, you know, they they, they give them the favor because of the risk they take, you know, and not only because of the risk they're taking, but the they're, they're pretty much paying, they're, 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 probably, they're um, in other words, they're, they're providing to the community in different ways, you know, like a business, what do businesses do? They hire people, you know, they hire employees, you know, they create jobs for other people, you know, they basically make the economy, you know, spin a little bit better. Investors. What investors do? They invest their money. So when the, the companies get their money, what do they do with that money? They they expand their business. You know, they hire more people. They buy more equipment. You know, like what, they just say a big corporation buys millions, thousands of cars. You know, and they're employing thousands of people. So you know, they're they're helping other people. When they buy other equipment, other cars, they're actually helping another company grow, and then the other companies. So it's kind of like a little circle that everything goes. Uh, around and round, so that's what basically that's the psychology about behind it you know that why you know businesses get favored a little bit more you know because of you know they kind of like they, they that's how they provide to a society so instead of paying taxes that's how they you know they give to back to the economy as opposed to when you're nine or five you're just a w-2 i mean yeah, you're doing a good job with your job, but that's about like, you know, you're not that's it. so the only way you can contribute to the economy is by paying your taxes, you know?
1: Mm. So, or what so, what you're basically saying is the higher the risk like having a company and investing, the more loopholes or tax deductions they're going to have versus a regular 9 to 5 employee when if they just lose their job, they have the benefit of getting unemployment. So, the risk isn't as heavy
0: oh yeah yeah that's one part of it of course you know but okay. i mean the biggest biggest part yeah like the biggest like let's just say for example you know um a corporation right or a business right mm-hmm. um you're making money in your business so now let's say at the end of the year you know the business is probably like okay i'm probably gonna pay three million dollars of taxes right mm-hmm. so what they do is now like okay instead of paying those three millions of taxes what do we, what can we do you know there's there's credits that they're there are offer them right mm-hmm. now like they can either buy equipment you know they can go ahead and buy a million like not millions but like thousands of car vehicles for their employees you know okay that's already a tax deduction right so now they purchase all those those vehicles now that reduces their taxes why because they purchase vehicles right that's a deduction yeah. and when they purchase those vehicles from another company the other company benefits off it right too you know they, now they make money and now they can. Provide more to the economy, okay,
1: yeah. or uh,
0: well, a lot of a lot of oh yeah, what happened? No, go
1: ahead, go ahead. Like you're oh, on okay, a roll. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah. And oh, there's another another one too. It's like a big uh, one of the biggest credits that like big corporations get. It's called it's um the qualify R and D. You know, riches and development. You know, oh. like that's one thing. Like let's just say Amazon. Amazon probably let's just say they're projected to have a fifty fifty million dollar tax bill this coming year, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Instead of paying that, what do they do? They go ahead and um, develop their their business. You know, they research and develop other businesses. You know, so they can like Acquire grow their them. business more. Yeah. But that's also a tax write off too, because the way the the tax sees it is like okay. If they go ahead and create more another company, or they develop a company, they're going to hire more people. They're going to bring more employees in, which is mm-hmm. going to help the economy in that way.
1: Yeah, if
0: that makes any sense, you know. And as far as and when you're an employee, you know, like, I mean, I know they don't. I guess they don't see it. Like, I guess the only way you can provide to the economy is by paying your taxes. You know. Yeah. So that's. One of the biggest biggest difference not just about the risk but it's basically just a contribution you make to the economy and that's kind yeah. of the, how the tax system works right in the u.s
1: So let's go ahead and use examples. And I want to use me as an example because I've always said I don't like gatekeeping information uh, and gatekeeping like how to do this because it's all pretty fun and games when you're explaining it about big companies. But what about the average individual? So let's go ahead and use me as an example. When I started going to you, I just had my W-2s. At the time, I was doing a little bit of work Um, photography i think i remember uh talking to you and i didn't have uh you know a dba at the time which we'll get into what a dba is so you had me do a schedule c right correct remember okay so so what is something that a normal person can do to start itemizing or taking deductions for the average nine to five person, what deductions can they take?
0: Okay, yeah, so so now, so like technically after 2017, um, they changed the whole tax code basically, like before you were able to write off some of your job expenses, mm-hmm. things like that. But after 2017, basically from 2017 other to 2025, they removed all that, right? So now it was kind of like almost impossible to take any deductions. So what I always re- recommend people, you know, if you're in, if you're still in your nine to five, you know, you're in your W2, what I always recommend people is always start a side gig, you know, start a, start a little small business, you know, like now, especially now, it's so easy to start a business, you know, especially with social media, like anything, people say you can sell anything, something with your passion, you can go ahead and start something, right? That's what I always recommend people because when you start doing that, you start, you can start using some of your personal expenses for the business, you know? Like, you can actually kind of, like, make them, not saying you can, like, you can go ahead and, um, for example, like, your cell phone, right? Cell phone right now is not deductible. Even mm-hmm. if you're an employee, even if you use it for work, like, unfortunately, you can't deduct it, at least for federal. So now how can you try to find a way to go ahead and deduct that cell phone? Okay, let's let's go ahead and see if we can start a side gig, you know? Let's just say you start um selling food, you start delivering meal preps to people, you know? So now it's like, okay, let me start selling some meal preps. Now you can go ahead and start, you know, selling and let's just let say now you make four or five thousand a year just on your side gig. Now you can write off at least half of your cell phone. You know, if you use it for personal business, that's fifty percent business. Now you can write off your cell phone bill, you know? So would be that's something now that you can include that.
1: Would this be via Schedule C or does it have to be in a DBA? uh llc or can the uh, the ordinary nine-to-five joe do this and then be like hey i started this side gig it is it a schedule c or do they actually have to legitimize their business
0: no you don't. yeah you don't need nothing to start your business i mean if you if you you don't basically can just go ahead and start making money you don't have to um you don't need any licenses that's one of the biggest misconceptions i see all the time now like you see all these promoters like start your LLC to start a business like things like that. Like, I mean, it's, it'll be nice to have an LLC for legal purposes, which that's a whole different thing we can talk about in another time, but you don't need a, uh, an LLC or corporation or any licenses to start a business. You know, all you do is start working. Of course, make sure you have the proper licensing, like for food, if you're going to sell food, I'm sure there's, you know, you have to go ahead and get some food license and all that. But as far as taxes go, like the IRS doesn't care what you do. As long as you, you pay your taxes, solo, what you'll do if you if you start making some money, you report on your Schedule C. You go to your tax preparer, your accountant, hey, I started making this side gig. And from there, you know, they report on your Schedule C, $5,000 that you made. And from there, you start writing off all your expenses, you know, so you can write off your cell phone bill, your some of your car mileage, you mm. know. Hey, even traveling, you know, I know that's something you're doing a lot too. You know, now you're trying to use your business to travel, right? So, now even yeah. though like you're probably using it for pleasure and business, you know, <laughs> but if you if you combine both of them, now um you're yeah. taking advantage of both of them.
1: Yeah. So Yeah, I, and that's a I wanted to get into that. So what would be the difference between a Schedule C. So Schedule C, for anybody listening, is when you go to your tax person or tax preparer and you said, hey, I have a side gig. Uh, They're going to, for the most part, if this person knows about taxes, there's going to be like, oh, let's do a Schedule C. So you can actually report your earnings and then start deducting based on the expenses that you've done. Um, And then... The next step, would it be a DBA? So, for example, I'm a DBA right now. I'm not officially an LLC. Uh, would I have to still do a Schedule C? with Because now I have... A DBA is doing business as. So, techni- like, I have a business. I got my own EIN number. I have a business account now. So, I guess I took it to the next level. Yeah.
0: So, a DBA, it's 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 practically a, a doing business as thing, right? That's just... um. Like you don't need it to start a business, which at the end of the day, I always advise it because it makes you look more legit, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of using like your personal name, like Jose Quintero, yeah, now you can use um, Echale Podcast or whatever, you know, it sounds more legit. And then you have your EIN number, so now with that EIN, you can actually go open a business bank account, yeah, and you can separate that's what I always recommend. Like, if you're if you want to go through that through a side gig or a my business, I always recommend just having a, its own business, a bank account. Why? Got it. It's easier to keep track of your expenses. And it always keeps you motivated. You know, you, you know where the money is going. Cause I mean, if you start a business and you're just commingling everything, like personal business, yeah. you're never going to see your account grow. You're going to be like, I'm doing all this work, but I already spend the money. You know, it's better to keep it in separate account and make sure you pay yourself. Just so you, you know, it feels good, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And what I always recommend, I mean, when you're starting a business, my, my for me, it's always the most of, not. my thing is always create the name first, you know, yeah. why it motivates you, you know, you have something to aim for and something to visualize, you know, like Echila podcast, you know, yeah. motivates, you, you know, instead yeah. of like just starting a business and not having a name, you're like, you know, I think it's just better, like, so some, uh, go to strive through this.
1: So, uh, so technically, I will still have to do a Schedule C when I meet with you in a couple of weeks.
0: Correct. Yeah, because you're I not incorporated. It. So even if you even if you started an LLC, right, even <laughs> let's just say you want to go through the LLC, you know, you get an LLC, which the LLC, I'll just go briefly, that's just basically for legal purposes. It doesn't change your taxes, you can go ahead and uh, if you create an LLC, you'll still file like if you didn't have anything you'll, mm. you'll file on your Schedule C, because mm. an LLC is just basically for legal purposes, you know. Which if they sue you, they can only sue anything within the LLC, if you maintain it correctly, of course. Got it. And and now, if let's just say you're an LLC and, you know, you can elect to be taxed as an S corporation. Got it. Which when you're an S corporation, that's a whole different, you know, you file a corporation and that's Mm -hmm. a whole different other tax planning, which... I can go all day and explain
1: on that. <laughs> so yeah. I definitely want to go into, like, you know, having a business. And then we're also going to go ahead and talk to, you know, just the, the things that you could do to strategize as an individual who doesn't have a business to 9 to 5. Because I feel like that's how uh, a lot of people don't have a business. So we'll get to that in a second. No se me desesperen. But I want to continue on with... um Uh, a dba because a dba is something that you suggested for me obviously to legitimize it and obviously for an ein number and just to kind of explain um when you fill out your w2 form for your work they or if you're doing as a consultant as a side gig when i have to do campaigns for certain brands they send me a form because obviously they're going to want me to pay taxes on the money that they give me so when you write down your name information instead of writing your social security number you're going to write your ein number which is the real benefit to having a dba and like you said to open up your uh your business account just to separate everything
0: correct yeah so like when you get your dba you get your ein so a EIN is like a social security for the business right mm-hmm. so now instead of hire, like giving out your people, your personal social security and the name, now you just give them the EIN number.
1: Gotcha. So that's,
0: what, that's one of the things I always recommend it because I know like if you ever do some kind of like contract work or like any side gig, sometimes they want to ask for it. So instead of like you giving them like your social, there you go, just give them your EIN and your your business name, you know? And, Got it. You know, it's for privacy purposes. And, and, and of course, it always makes you look legit. Even if you're like, they just say you're paying somebody. What are you mm-hmm. like? It wouldn't look more legit if it's like a business name with a yeah. You'll be like, oh, this guy kind of like you probably can even charge more, you know, because they think yeah. you're like legit, you know?
1: Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and kind of give people an explanation and an overview of how somebody who has a business would start deducting to not really pay taxes and i'm going to use me as an example like i mentioned before i don't like to gatekeep so i'm going to be completely honest with how much money i made just doing podcasting um this past year so i mean rafa how much did i do because you you do my bookkeeping (laughs) let's just give an estimate number. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with people. How much did I do? And this is including podcasting and also side gigs that I've done with like uh, campaigns uh, with other brands because obviously that helps. But how much did I make? And then we'll start seeing what I've been deducting. Hola, ¿qué tal? Te saluda José Quintero y espero que estés disfrutando de este capítulo de Échale parques, pero vamos a platicar de un tema que te va a encantar, porque si eres padre de familia, si eres estudiante o si eres maestro o maestra, pon mucha atención porque te quiero contar sobre la beca nacional de hacer de McDonald's. Desde 1985, McDonald's ha otorgado más de 33 millones de dólares en becas y esta vez no va a ser la excepción, porque este año McDonald's Está dando 500 mil dólares en becas y puedes ganarte una beca de hasta 100 mil dólares. Pero ahora más que nunca ayudar a estudiantes hispanos a hacer más que las generaciones anteriores, a hacer más de lo que creían ser capaz y a hacer más de lo que pensaban que era posible por sí mismos, por su gente, por su cultura y por un mejor futuro. Para más información sobre la beca nacional hacer de McDonald's visita McDonald's.com diagonal hacer. Aprende más, porque puedes ganar una de 30 becas.
0: Okay, perfect. So I think, um, based on la, la, when I checked, your girls, uh, I think you were like a 32, 30. $32,000, y'all. 32000
1: 30 so, girls. amen, God is great. But imagine trying to pay $32,000 in taxes.
0: Oh, yeah, because, like, one thing, I mean, I won't go too much into detail, but like, yeah. If you're a schedule C like, you know, you're not incorporated, when you make, you know, self-employment income or, you know, side business, you pay something called self-employment tax. Self-employment tax is it's 15.3% uh-huh. of whatever you make. So if you make 10k, automatically you have to pay 15 15% tax on that on top of your other regular federal taxes which basically technically that self-employed income is basically just um Basically, just social security. You know, like you know, when you yeah. work as a W two, you never get your full check. If you made a hundred dollars, you don't get a hundred. You get like ninety two because they take social security and medical. Yeah. Right? That's automatically you can't get away with that. So that's why uh, that's why people do a, a corporation because when you when you're making such high income as a business owner, you can avoid a certain amount by doing a corporation. So that's like I said, that's a whole different ballgame. We, I can explain later, but yeah.
1: So, out of those yeah. $32,000, if I was not writing anything off, how much would I have to pay in taxes?
0: Automatically, I mean, i don't look at my calculator, I'll put 30 let's just say. I,
1: I have a calculator. I can calculate right, it dude. right now. What do what do I have to do? I have just, to 32,000 times what?
0: Times just
1: put evenly like 15%. 15%. That's already $4,800. Wait, that's it. That's all that's, I have?
0: Oh no, no, that's not including your federal tax. I mean, federal oh. tax. I mean, let's just say you're at the 24% bracket. Uh, add another uh, 24%.
1: <laughs> oh, add an, to the 32, not to the whatever. What, like, I don't subtract 32 minus 4,800, so it's out of the 32. Out
0: of the 32.
1: Okay, so out oh of, yeah,
0: technically, yeah, subtract the 4,000 because you get a deduction too. So yeah, subtract the the 4,000. Four thousand eight hundred. Okay, that's.
1: 27, and then multiply it by how much? 24.
0: They just yeah depend on the tax bracket, but they just keep it at 24. percent So
1: that's six thousand five hundred and twenty-eight plus the four thousand eight hundred in the beginning. So I'd have to technically pay eleven thousand three hundred and twenty dollars in taxes if Correct. I did it. Oh, there's more.
0: Shit. Oh, and the state state taxes in California.
1: <laughs> how much? Is, how okay? How much is California? Like we're gonna keep this uh, even.
0: I think California's at I think nine percent average.
1: Nine okay. Just put
0: nine percent. Yeah, just nine percent
1: out of the thirty-two or nine percent minus the eleven thousand.
0: Out of the thirty-two, because yeah, they don't you know they don't deduct the self-employment. Fuck.
1: So. Okay. Pinche hijos de la chingada. Okay, that's two thousand eight hundred. Uh, and then let's just say it's eleven thousand. So I technically owe about fourteen thousand dollars in taxes.
0: Honor about okay yeah
1: that's like half that's like 50 percent
0: yeah exactly and that's basically because of the self-employment though that's what that's the thing that like kills because you know you can't get i mean by doing a s corporation that's when you can go ahead and try to avoid some of it of Mm -hmm. course you know because you still have to pay yourself a reasonable salary when you're a s corporation but hey
1: it can get a little bit more complicated
0: yeah that's when that's why you have the tax time you know because they just say you're doing that for the you know years and years and you never tax plan you're going to be paying that amount for the rest of and you know like years i know people that have been making super good money with their businesses but when they came to me i'm like dude why have you you know oh nobody ever told me you know mm-hmm. and now it's like if you if we can save you four or five thousand dollars in taxes each year imagine in five years that's 25k you know 10 years that's fifty thousand in taxes just by doing one simple
1: tax planning you know yeah so last year that's when i like obviously you've done my taxes for the past five six years but when i asked you hey i want to get serious about like uh starting a business i actually want to charge for this i'm starting to get like campaigns here left and right uh obviously praise god for these opportunities um i asked you in the middle of the year i need your help and because i want to legitimize this i know about taxes but i don't know as much of about taxes as you do so help me start planning um so you got me on quickbooks which is an application you start you told me anything that you do take a picture of like the receipt write in the receipt who you met and what you discussed take a picture and upload it to quickbooks and obviously with the credit card that you linked and it's like a business credit card or business um uh, debit card then it automatically syncs in like it looks at the transaction and it syncs it right so that way if i ever get audited there's proof
0: correct yeah because one thing that i always recommend it's like yeah if you start your business or you're starting to your side and you want to start writing things off always make sure you have um this um documents to you know prove that the expenses, you know receipts because yeah, you don't want to start deducting all these things and then you get out of it and you're like, man, you don't have anything. Then mm-hmm. IRS takes it away. Plus, they penalize you. So always save documentation, you know, which is a picture, whatever it is, always save it, you know. And if you're going to go have like have a meal with somebody to make it, you know, which is a tax deduction, if it's a business meal meeting, you have to write, yeah, who who was it? What was the business purpose of it? And save the receipt. Yeah, that should be pretty solid.
1: Okay, so now I started writing things off as of last year mid year. What things was I writing off, and can I write off in order to decrease? Yeah, the- uh,
0: yeah. One thing that I know, like for you, that you're benefiting of odds, you're writing off your travel expense, right? You've been going a lot, a lot to Mexico Michoacan, which normally, if you didn't have a business. You that's not right. You're not a write-off because you're going for you know pleasure. personal pleasure. But how about if you think like this? Okay, and these are the rich people. That's how like their tax money works. How can I write off my trips? Hmm, now you start thinking. Maybe I can start some. I can go over there for a business purpose. Maybe I can interview somebody from like Michoacan. You know they can't come over here, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to go to them, right? So you have to go all the way up there to interview them. Right, yeah. that's part of your business. Your podcasting, they have to be there in person, right? So what do you do? So now let's start planning. Now your little trip, you know, from to get over there, you know, like you, your airfare, you know, your Uber to get there, your mm-hmm. meals while you're at the airport, all that becomes a write-off, right? Whether you spend eight hundred, five hundred dollars, that's eight hundred dollars that you can write off off those thirty thousand. Yep. Yeah. And that's something you were never able to do as a, you know, as a W-2 only, you know, as an employee, you know, you weren't able to take those deductions off. And that's how tax planning works, you know, like you have to use the tax code to your advantage, you yeah. know. And like even goes with vehicles too, you know, if you have a car, you know, you use it for personal use, but hey, if you use it for business, now you can write a certain percentage of your vehicle, you know, your mileage, whatever, you know, but you, you're taking, you're basically writing off expenses that you normally cannot do as a w2 employee you know
1: yeah and one of the things that this business has allowed me to do is help my family out because one of the things that i did last year was i hired my brother as an independent contractor to edit some of my videos or, or help me the content that you see that i sometimes posted on instagram on tiktok and that looks like cool videos uh that's my brother who films me and edits the video but instead of like saying hey bro like do this as a favor it's like no i'm gonna hire you i'm gonna pay you one because i want to help you out two because i want people to know your worth and if your own brother is paying you your own brother is paying you i don't understand why you should be giving free stuff out to your friends you know like I get it, whatever. But your own brother is paying you. Entonces, I paid him uh, an amount for his services. Obviously, now he has to pay taxes on those. But it's a write off off of me.
0: So now, yeah, correct. So now you like you write it off. But now, yeah, of course you have to. You now you have to report it in order to write it off. You take the write off. Now he has to report that in his taxes. If you paid him five k, for example, now he pays five k on the taxes, and you get the write off. You know. Yeah.
1: And then if he has yeah, his then- own business, which I'm trying to make him do also, then he can start writing off stuff. Um, you know, like the equipment that I'm recording on, the you know, the mixer, the mic, the cameras, the lights, this laptop that I just bought, it's all like I'm using it for business. Like you said, the travel. Uh, one of the things that people might've probably not been noticing, I actually have traveled to Michoacan a couple times during, like already in this year. And because I went to record content over there, that's going to be airing later on in the year. But again, I took advantage and I saw my family. I took advantage because my grandma was sick, but I made it a business trip. You know? Yeah,
0: per- yeah no, and then and that also works too. Like, I have a perfect example. I have a client. He's actually, he's a little bit older already, but he has um, two sons, one in Texas and then one in Florida. And he came to me like two years ago. He's like, he's retired, you know, he has money. So he's like, what can I do so I can, like, you know, because he has to pay, of course, you have to pay tax on your retirement and all that. So what he does is, oh, what wow. he did, I'm like, okay, let's see. You have a son in Texas. You, you have a son in Florida. How can you write, and you go visit them at least twice a year, each one, right? How can you take, how can you write that off? Hmm. So we started thinking, He's like, have you ever thought of buying a rental property out there? Hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, I got the money. And I think it's an investment. So what he did was, he literally purchased a property in Texas, right? He's renting it as a rental. And he also has one in Florida, also a rental. So technically, he goes and visits his son for like, you know, for holidays or whatever. So every time he flies to Texas, that's hardly a write off because he does, basically does it as travel to go, go maintain his property. He has to go take a look at it. He has to go ahead and see how, how it's doing, right? Mm-hmm. He's going for personal, for business purposes, of course. But then he can also slip it in and go for like you know for pleasure as well, you know. Yeah. Like I'm not going to detail to make like there's a certain amount of time and yeah. percentage you have to take, you know, to make it deductible. But hey, if you fall in those guidelines, you know, IRS cannot deny you that deduction, and that's that's tax planning right there. You know, yeah. thinking like that, you know, using like, you know, just sit down and think, you know, talk to your accountant, talk to whoever does your taxes, to, you know, start planning like this to see how you can benefit of all these strategies that. It's... Pretty much, you know, like the rich people, you know, why they don't pay taxes. That's exactly that's their way of thinking. That's how they think. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna buy a car next year. How can I strategize to be able to write off at least a percentage of it or the full car? Let's let's think. You know, and you know, there's a loophole for that. You know, there's you know there's a loophole for a
1: lot of things. There's tax codes for a lot of things and i want that brings me to my next topic because a lot of people are going to these which is not bad right uh and they're mom and pop shops that offer tax services but what would be the difference between what you offer with your clients as a cpa versus somebody who just does taxes no sé en su tiendita Mm -hmm. that aren't a cpa yeah
0: so i So the biggest difference, I mean, of course, like I do, I do compliance. So technically when you go file your tax return, like, you know, right now it's taxes, full effect right now. But when you go file your tax return, what do you do? You give them your documents and they they'll do your tax return. So they're basically practically just filing your tax return based on things you already done, right? Mm -hmm. Based on the income you already made, based on the, the expenses you already had. When you come down to the, you know, the tax, the you know, little little mom and pop's tax shop, or even me too, if you come to me like right now and like I'm doing your tax return just to stay in compliance with IRS and just giving you the deductions that you are, you're entitled to already, right? Mm-hmm. But what I do as a CPA, like, well, I go ahead and I can offer tax planning to, you, you know, if you come up to me, it's like, hey, Rafa, I want to save, you know, on taxes or what can we do? All right, let's sit down. Let's let's analyze your financial picture. You know, let's see how much you're making. You know, what future plans do you have? Now we can create a tax plan. You know, like oh, let, how about you tell me? Oh, I want to buy a rental property next year. You know, what can? Okay, perfect. Let's see how much it's going to save you on taxes. What you? What can you do to be, uh, benefit off of it? Or hey, I'm gonna buy a per like exact perfect example. You, what happened last year? What did you do that saved you pretty much? You're paying zero taxes this year.
1: Oh my God! What did I do?
0: It. it you you call me like at 9pm at night it was on july i think something you purchased your vehicle. I, oh, I did.
1: Vehicle. I did. I did. I purchased an electric vehicle. And I was like, I want to uh, like, yeah, because we started tax strategizing. And I think that's something that I really appreciate from you because we've been meeting once a month, whether it be via Zoom or in person or over the phone and just kind of like, hey, do you think I should purchase this? Can I purchase this? And, you know, it, it's that reassurance. So when I said, like, I know I'm making this amount of money. I need something to offset um my my taxes well i want to buy an electric vehicle i don't know if it's the most financially savvy thing to do and you said well you're gonna get the electric tax credit so that can offset about seven thousand five hundred dollars which is the federal and then two thousand five hundred which is the state and i'm like oh okay now we talking now we talk yeah
0: yeah exactly so like let's just say you would have bought a you would have purchased the vehicle without knowing anything you know you would have bought a, a gas vehicle you would have came to me at the end of the year and been like okay i, I purchased this um this toyota thirty thousand unfortunately you can't write it off you'd have a business you know you have nothing so you can't write it off but how about you would have called me like three months in advance or like before the year ended and be like hey, i want to buy a purchase of vehicle is there any benefit i'm like i've been like um oh, not for a gas vehicle but if you want to look at the electric vehicles you know yeah. these these vehicles offer the credit and Boom, 7,500 credit right there, you know?
1: So I'm glad that you brought up the three months before and whatnot because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to go ahead and talk about what you as an individual can do if you don't have a business to start writing things off. But right now we're talking on a larger scheme because I do want to motivate you to like open up a side gig because así somos los latinos, emprendedores a la madre. But I wanted to go ahead and talk about those people who come at the end of the month december who are like i need to start writing things off and they literally have nothing because i'm sure you get that a lot like how can i save taxes and it's december 20th and you're just like oh you want to start tax planning now
0: (laughs) yeah if you like in december it's kind of like you're in a rough spot already especially if you're like a w2 you don't have much nothing else there's there's not really much you can do i mean maybe just contribute to like a traditional IRA, like some retirement account, which is like um, $6,000 deduction, which is not too much. But yeah, if you come to me like in December, I mean, there's really much you can do. You can't even adjust your withholdings, you know, like it's only one week, two weeks left out of the year. So uh, that's not really much you can do, but that's why I always recommend like tax plans since the first quarter, you know, since starting March mid-year september like by september if you start tax planning you should already know how much you can owe what can you do to like reduce that you know like as a w2 i mean like i said there's not there might not be as much deduction as a business but there's still ways to like at least lower your taxes you know like if you have like a 401k your job you know Mm -hmm. you can contribute this year i think you can contribute to twenty three thousand five hundred. you know I mean, if you have that kind of money,
1: yeah, I don't. And you, and, you know, like <laughs> I go ahead don't. and
0: max. <laughs> yeah, if you maximize your 401k, you know, if you let's just say you're making a hundred thousand dollars and mm-hmm. you you throwing twenty thousand into your 401k, you're only going to get taxed on those eighty thousand, mm. which is like a four thousand dollar tax savings. You know, if you do it for the next five years, you know, yeah, that's twenty k saving taxes. I mean, of course, you're going to pay that tax when you take it out, but there's other strategies that you can do to mitigate all those taxes, but you know, it's it's just talking to your accounting, you know, and getting to know you personally, you know, yeah. like, see what's your picture, what's your financial picture, you know, and getting that relationship and understanding that each other, that's how you start saving on mm-hmm. taxes. You know, tar- you can start tax planning. Like right now, if you tell me I want to do this and this, and this, I can start already breaking it down. Like, how we? What can we do to go ahead and save you on taxes,
1: you know? Yeah, and this is the first full year that I'm going to actually work with you, uh, tax planning. Like, we've already met for January, and now you're doing by my bookkeeping, which is something that you do with um, with QuickBooks. So what he does is he, Oh, uh, well, you go ahead. Like, you're the accountant. <laughs> what is bookkeeping? Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, so, like, like what I, usually, like, I have a few clients that I offer tax planning with them, you know, so what I do is basically I run their books, you know, so I'm, I'm really analyzing each other, basically, every month, I check how much money they're making, right? The first quarter comes, we're already projecting exactly about uh, roughly how much you're going to make already at the end of the year, you know? So now we start kind of seeing how much you're going to make, and then we start seeing what kind of, like, what, other, what upcoming expenses are you going to end up having, you know? Like, let's just say right now I project you're they going to make $60,000. Know?
1: Amen. Let's let's speak it As into distance. existence. Right. Let's speak it into existence.
0: <laughs> All right, perfect. So now we're like, oh, man, you know, if you're going to this rate, based on your expenses, you're going to net $40,000. So now what can we do? What's something that you've been wanting to do? You're uh... me, oh, I've been wanting to buy a rental property. Yes. I don't know. There you
1: go. I want to buy a rental property. I want to hire my mom. Um, (laughs) So like, yeah, because, okay. So, so let me explain why, like I'm over here. Like I want to hire my mom. My mom is unemployed. My dad is already retired. So that means they legitimately together, since they joint together, they file jointly together. How much do they have on, uh, tax deductions if they file jointly?
0: Um, In fact, Johnny, I think I believe the standard deduction at twenty-five thousand right now. Twenty-five thousand nine hundred. Around there, twenty-five
1: thousand. So, if I hire my mom and I have her work on my business X, Y, and Z, and I pay her ten thousand dollars, how much taxes does she have to pay of those ten thousand dollars if she has a twenty-five thousand deduction?
0: Yeah, if since um in that case since it's under the twenty-five thousand, she won't pay any federal state taxes. However, since, like I said earlier, just now South employment income, so she has to just pay that 15% for Social Security and Medica, which is what, $1,500?
1: Imagine that. Like, I employed my mom, gave her $10,000. She only has to pay $1,500 of those. Like, what? I don't, I don't see, like, now I'm seeing the benefits on how I can help my family out and, and whatnot. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah,
0: and one thing that a lot of, Business people don't know, especially if you're listening to this and you have a small business and you're not incorporated, you're just like, you know, Schedule C, you can hire your kids. If they're under age 18 or under, you can actually hire your kids and not pay. They don't have to pay that self-employment tax because they don't have to pay any FICA, which is federal Social Security and Mm Medi-Cal. I mean, of course, run this by your account. I'm not advising anybody, but talk to your accountant and prepare and if they're like six or they're under 18, of course, they have to do some kind of reasonable work, of course. You know, maybe they can model for you on social media. or They can do, you know, paper shredding or whatever. As long as they're employed, you can you can go ahead and take that deduction. So if you you can pay them up to $12,000 depending on how the state you're in, the, their standard deduction. But if for federally purposes, as long as you pay them under 12000 they don't even have to file a tax return. Look you at
1: that. You can still that. pay
0: them as a dependent. And you're taking the deduction too, you know. So, if and you're making thirty thousand dollars, you had a kid, you pay them twelve k. That's hardly you take the twelve k deduction. So now you're only paying tax on those eighteen thousand.
1: And where am I putting those twelve thousand?
0: Well, those twelve thousand, I mean, what I recommend, I mean, I'll open a Roth IRA for them, you know. They, there's no age limit at Roth IRA, but hey, as long as they have earned income, which they already do, because you're paying them under your business you go ahead and throw that in the Roth IRA, 10, 20. I mean, if they if you, if you hire them at 10 years old, in eight years, that's your college fund right there, you
1: know. That's more than a college fund. Like, I mean, because if you look at interest rates, if you 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 know manage that Roth with certain stocks and whatnot, um, I want to go ahead he- into and talk about taxes for people who have stocks because I feel like that was a lot of people at the start of 2022. But I want to go ahead and first start with the average nine to five person what can they deduct school charity what are the deductions for a normal person that they can be like hey i want to deduct something that way i don't have to pay that much taxes what can they deduct
0: as a nine to five without um you know Going into investments or any rental properties or business, well, you you can deduct. It's very limited, to be honest. Especially like, like I said, after twenty seventeen, they raised the standard deductions. You know, like for being single, they raised it up to almost thirteen thousand. This is this twelve thousand nine hundred, right? Mm. No, normally you can write off your mortgage interest if you're paying like a mortgage. You know, you can write off the interest, the real estate taxes. But if that doesn't exceed your standard deduction of twelve thousand, it's very it's very very difficult for it to be beneficial, right? Because uh, you can also write off your medical expenses, right? But your medical expenses have to be seven point five above your AGI, your adjusted gross income, which it's almost you know, it's almost impossible to have only if so, you have like a major surgery, like a big medical expense, that's so, what it benefits you, but it's very rare.
1: What you're saying is if regular people from that get just a W two don't have a business want to itemize because that's what that that is. They'd have to itemize more than the standard deduction. They'd have to be like, hey, I donated, let's say, to charity thirteen thousand five hundred. They're like, oh, okay, well now we're gonna deduct thirteen thousand five hundred from you as opposed to because it exceeded your your typical thirteen thousand standard deduction.
0: Correct. Yeah. So, like, right now, the standard deduction is at $12,900, right? Okay. Per se. So, now, in order to, like, because the the most important itemized deductions are mortgage interest, real estate taxes, or personal taxes, and charitable contributions, and medical expenses, right? Mm-hmm. Medical expenses are almost kind of hard to even take advantage because, you know, it has to be above a certain what percent. What about school? However school tuition oh that's something you can get a credit for going oh school, it's a right? credit okay College. okay yeah that's something else yeah for itemized deductions those are the most the most popular ones um so yeah if, if you're if those expenses do not exceed your standard deduction then you might as well go with the standard deduction, you know? So that's why now it's very, very hard, especially if you're married filing jointly, mm. you know, yeah. to pay $25,000 in like mortgage interest and taxes, as long as you have a big house, a big mansion or something, you're paying that much. Yeah. But if, but, if
1: you're, if you're already paying that much for a house, you probably have like some side of side gig, an accountant helping you. Like there's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. So it's, it's almost like, I mean, I, I have, I still do deduction for a few people, but it's, it has, it's, it's, not as common as it before, you know, so like back in the day, you were able to itemize your job expenses, you know, mm. like, you know, job supplies like and teachers. All that, but they took that away. So. Oh, so teachers it's...
1: can't itemize? Like teachers? Oh,
0: teachers, no. Oh. The only thing they get, which is kind of kind of sad, but if you're like an educator, you work as a teacher, you there is a buff that you can deduct up to $300 of like wow supplies. Which you, that you don't have to itemize for that. It's already like, you know, as
1: an like, educator, just
0: a gross income. So, yeah, but I mean, it's like you, those $300 can get you probably back like $80 more, you know, something, yeah. but it's not as, you know.
1: What are some they, credits? They much
0: more. Some credits
1: that like regular nine to five people can get.
0: Oh, yeah, for credit. Yeah, that for credit, there's a lot. So now for credits, I mean, of course, if you have ch- children, you get a credit for your child credit for um if you have daycare you know if you pay daycare Mm. there's another credit for that as well um this year or now they they actually you know they're trying to go more green now the government's trying to um, provide more benefits for people that try to go green so now like electric vehicles that's one big one that this year happened that if you buy an electric vehicle which if you do just make sure it qualifies and you meet you now they have income limits Mm. back then they didn't now they're starting to do income limits. So just make sure before you make that purchase, you know, make sure you you know talk to an advisor to see if you actually qualify for it. But that's one big one. Any like electric, um, any solar things that you do to your home, you know, like if you do solar panels, that's one big credit that you can get nowadays, like installation and all that. You can get like up to 30% of what you pay for that. Um, Minor little things for like, you know, if you change your windows to be more green or like for energy purposes, there's a little bit of credit for that.
1: Yeah.
0: What's another? Oh, tuition. If you pay tuition, you're going to school. That's one big one, too. You can get a credit for going to school, which averages to, like, $2,000 uh, two to 4000 depending on, like, what criteria you fit in. Yeah. But that's another credit you can take advantage of nowadays.
1: Mm. Well, I can...
0: And... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of credit. I can go on keep talking about credit. There's even credits I don't even know about yet. You know? Yeah. They have credits for everything. And that's why people businesses.
1: go. Yeah. Well, yeah. For businesses, I'm sure there's a lot of credits, but that's why people get like larger tax refunds. Uh, You know, we're like, okay, well, you get a credit for this. You get a credit for that. And it benefits, like, if you have kids. But then how much does a kid cost? But, like, that's a whole different story. If you
0: want to add up the numbers, well, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, yeah, they should be a little bit more. But $2,000, that's what they give you, unfortunately.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now let's move over. And I want to reiterate for anybody listening, if you need any type of uh, tax advice or consultant, if you have any question, I... Kid you not, Rafa is a great resource, and if he doesn't know, he will find out for you. Uh, so, I before we continue on Rafa, where can they find you?
0: Oh, they can find me. So you can file uh, file. We have an Instagram page. It's called GGCPAs. That's one of uh, one way you can find us there. Or you can also we have a a direct business phone phone number. You can always reach us at nine zero nine. 3400332. Or you can also send me a direct email, which is R Garcia at the GGCPAs.com.
1: Yes, and I'll make sure to put all that in the description below. Um, but save that number. You never know when you're gonna need it. And um for people who are investing in stocks, because that was uh, that became like a big thing. So capital gains, losses, tax. Lost harvesting and then uh, maybe dividend pays. How how would that affect taxes? Uh, let's go ahead and start with what, what what is a capital gain?
0: Okay, perfect. So yeah, so see now that's for more for investing, which anybody can invest, right? Yeah, like you just can open a Robinhood, whatever your platform is, start investing. So I mean, so technically a capital gain, it's basically when you sell some kind of asset, you know, which can be real estate, you know, which can be vehicles, whatever, like anything that's an asset, like most popular ones are stocks, right? Um, When you buy a stock, keep it simple. You buy a a stock for X company at $5, right? You bought the stock for $5. And then in in two years, you end up selling that stock. So from $5 that you purchased it, the stock went up to, uh, let's say, $10. Mm dollars You sell it in two years. Now, what it's called a capital gain, right? Because you sold it at a gain, which is you made five dollars, right? Those five dollars are not going to be taxed at your regular tax bracket that you are. So, if you're at the twenty percent tax bracket, you're at the thirty percent tax bracket. You're not going to use that because you it's called a capital gain, long-term capital gain. Mm-hmm. That tax bracket, depending on what tax bracket you are, it's going to get taxed at either 0%, wow. pay no taxes, 15%, or 20%. So if you make literally, if you make under like, I think right now it's like at 400,000, you're pretty much at the 15% bracket. You know, wow. the majority of people are in the 15 you know? So instead of paying those, instead of paying 20% or 25% on your regular bracket on those $5, you pay 20, 15% which is great right i mean now we're talking about big numbers if you had a big capital gain of course but you actually get some kind of benefit you pay a lower tax rate than ordinary income which is you know your w-2 income so that's that, that's why like i said i mentioned at the beginning you know like why are you getting some kind of like lower tax bracket you know why are you pay less tax on those gains because of the risk that you put it in there you know you don't know what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. Your stock can go from zero, you know. You can buy a $5 and go to zero and lose, you know, all your money there, you know. So that's why the 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 tax code, you know, gives you kind of a reward for keeping your money there. Because now the, the company is actually using the money for something. And then you're actually taking some kind of risk
1: on it too. Yeah. So in December, we saw something or we typically see something that is called tax loss harvesting. Which basically means people start selling their stocks at maybe at a loss so at a lower price that than they bought it but to offset their taxes
0: yeah so t- Captain,
1: you took off your headphones <laughs> so rambo is on a break I'm, right now uh, your air aerop- oh no yeah, worries
0: there, right?
1: yeah i can still hear you all right
0: perfect yeah yeah so tax harvesting so yeah so technically like towards the end of the year what and that's one of the tax strategies i always advise people like usually around september i start telling my clients like hey is there any stock that you know that you're at a loss and it's just not going to come back to life anymore like it's a done deal like either it was probably a startup company or something small you know that you just for sure know it's not gonna go ahead and go anywhere Mm Mm-hmm. What you can do is, if you're to, if you're to sell your your stocks at a loss, right? They just say you sold a, a stock and you lost five thousand dollars. Now those those five thousand dollars, you can actually use those to offset any other gains, another other stocks, you know. So if you had an, another stock that you gained five ten thousand, and you have another stock that you lost five thousand. Now you can use those 5000 to offset the $10,000 gain. So now you only pay taxes on those 5000
1: right? Can I offset these losses for my personal, um, I don't know, my personal W-2?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, um, so if you don't have any other gains, so you had a $5,000 loss, but you don't have any other stock gains or anything, what happens is you can write off up to $3,000 towards your W-2 income. So now up to $3,000, and if you, let's just say you had a $50,000 loss, you Ooh. can write off only, a unfortunately, to $3,000 that year. However, those losses don't go away. They carry forward forever. So ah. you can either, it can help you offset any future capital gains, Got or it. you can just keep taking $3,000 towards, so, uh, you know, so. It's done
1: I, I explained it in the podcast episode where we talk about finances and stocks with eddie i think it was like three episodes ago um where we talk about where to invest your first thousand dollars and i talked about how uh i bought about like ten thousand dollars in crypto a couple like a year and a half ago when it was like all booming and i've already and i lost about five thousand dollars in crypto so when december came I'm like you know what I learned about this tax loss uh harvest and I'm like I'm gonna offset potential taxes by just selling it at a five thousand dollar loss and what uh you basically said well three thousand you're gonna use this year maybe two thousand next year
0: yeah correct so yeah like you know you expect so right now you roll off you're gonna write off those three thousand this year if you don't have any other gains and the other two thousand either. You're going to offset any gains if you sell any good stocks at a gain, or you're just going to take the, another loss, another $2,000 next year, you know? So you get some kind of benefit, you know? At least some reward for losing your money.
1: What about for dividends? A lot of people probably started buying stocks like Apple, and then they realized, hey, every three months or every month, I'm getting some money back in return. Do I get taxed off of that? Yeah, so dividends are also taxed. You so the, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> There's something called qualified dividends. So most most, most big company the qualified dividends, which those qualified dividends also get taxed at the same tax rate as capital gains, which is the zero, 15, and 20, you know, which majority of the people are in the 15% bracket, I mean, for the capital gains. So any dividends that are if they're qualified, they'll go ahead and be at 15%. If they're not qualified, then you'll get taxed at your ordinary tax rate, which if you're at the 23% bracket 24, then you're paying 24% on that. Mm, okay. Yeah.
1: Man, there's so much more that I want to talk to you about, like, you know, start tax planning as an individual, like what you can do as an HSA, credits to your advantage, an IRA, a Roth. But we're probably going to have to do another episode, Uh, Rafa. I want to go ahead and thank you for your time, because I feel like if you literally paid attention to this episode and if you stuck through it, you like Rafa gave you a wealth of knowledge and examples and Yeah, gracias.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of the tax code. It's like I can literally go days and days just talking about, you know, how we can strategize or what you can do, you know, either either investing in stocks, you know, investing in real estate, you know, which real estate's another whole loophole that a lot of people, especially the rich, take advantage of, you know, you know, and then like even stocks too, you know, I mean, we could probably set another episode and tell you how the rich don't pay tax with stocks and real estate, you know, because that's, Practically, the biggest loophole in taxes, is and just how they use other
1: people's money to not pay taxes. Ah. Yep. Uh. Anyways, me and Rafa have had these conversations, and you should be part of these conversations as well. Please, uh, I ask if you're listening, share this podcast so it reaches other people, not only so they can contact Rafa, because he has a wealth of knowledge. And we as Latinos have to push each other and motivate each other and keep the money in the Latino community to empower the Latino community. So, Rafa, once again, where can people contact you, find you on Instagram, send you an email? Go for it. Yeah, so
0: you can follow us. We have a, a business on Instagram. That's on this. It's GGCPAs. And you can also give us a call, our, our direct number, which is 909-340-0332. And you can also email me directly at my direct email, which will be the Garcia at the ggcpas.com.
1: Thank you so much, Rafa, once again. If you have a specific question or if you want Rafa and I and especially Rafa to answer this question on another episode, probably in the near future, please let me know on my Instagram account, whether it's my personal one at Jose Quintero TV or at the podcast one, which is Echale Podcast. Uh, Definitely would love to do another episode with Rafa. And if you have specific questions, it would really help. And we could be like, hey, Fulanito de Fulanita, ask this question. Let's go ahead and get Rafa's take on this. So once again, muchísimas gracias, Rafa, until next episode. I forgot to ask one of the most important questions of this podcast to Rafa. And we were talking about it off uh, off air. Um, but I started this podcast, Échale Podcast, not necessarily por todas las ganas que le echamos como la uh, comunidad latina. But what do you want to put in? What do you want to leave? What is your paw print, your mark on this society world we live in rafa what do you want to do with taxes and tax strategies
0: yeah i want to offer it back to the latino community you know where i started from. i mean i don't know if you remember when i was in um claremont remember i had a little office right there it was all hispanics right now you know it's like my mom and dad you know all the little community that they always had bad advice from like you know, the, the little income tax preparers and all that and like i always helped them out and like as I did my journey, you know, got my enrolled agent license, got my CPA, my education, you know, I always had a heart. They're still in my heart, you know, like I'm never going to forget it. And I, you know, as I grew up as a profession, I realized that there's a big, big gap, you know, CPAs want to always go for the big money, you know, they want to go for the corporations, the rich, you know, all that. But there's a big, big gap, you know, in in the middle, you know, especially from the middle class down to, you know, the lower income people, you know, there's a big, big gap that, I know they can actually use CPA services and they actually can benefit off of it, but there's nobody out there much, you know, to offer those services. So that's my goal now. It's like, I want to be that person, you know, to like help out, you know, you know, the Latino community, the low income community or the middle class that just wants to go ahead and take advantage of all these strategies that, supposedly the rich take you know that the rich people don't pay taxes well we can do that too you know maybe not pay zero taxes but we can get you to that level
1: (laughs) i'm fucking proud of you once again thank you Rafa. Gracias por escuchar Echale Podcast. If you made it this far, I ask of you one thing. If this podcast made you think, reflect, or enter an existential crisis, then share it with me on social media. Nothing would make me happier than knowing that these stories had a real impact. Nos vemos el próximo martes with more stories and más chisme. This was Echale
0: Podcast.